Act Three of The Freaks, An Idol of Suburbia, by Arthur Wing Panero. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Third Act Convalescence. The scene is the same, the disposition of the furniture as it was in the beginning of the previous act. The oblong table is again littered with newspapers, magazines, etc and some travelling rugs and a couple of air-cushions are on the settee. A leaf of the window is open, and the morning sun streams into the room. Glenn enters from the outer hall, shown in by Collingridge. Collingridge, as Glenn passes her. She's in the garden, sir. Closing the door. I'll find her. Glenn, making for the window. No, no, don't trouble. Mrs. Herrick appears at the window in her hat and gardening gloves. Here she is. Mrs. Herrick, seeing Glynn and hurrying into the room. Ah! Good morning. She takes off her right-hand glove to shake hands with him. I had your note last night. I knew you'd wish to give them your blessing, Vicar. Of course. Her hand in his. Splendid day for the journey, hey? Perfect crossing to collingridge who has lingered to remove the rugs and cushions from the settee and is now going out with them have they got mr eddowes down safely collingridge collingridge in whom a capacity for amiability seems to have developed at the door five minutes ago ma'am he's on the couch in the morning-room quite comfortable thank heaven returning to glynn as collingridge withdraws the nurses insisted on everybody being out of the way and doing it by themselves. Sitting on the fauteuil stool and taking off her other glove. So I've been helping Roberts to pick the nosegays. Glynn, standing over her. The poor fellow's to recruit at Bournemouth, then, is he? Mrs. Herrick, nodding. At Bournemouth. The train leaves Waterloo at twelve-thirty. Dr. Waterfield has engaged a motor ambulance for the invalid, and the rest follow with the luggage in Proctor's Charabanc. Similar arrangements have been made at the other end. Laying her gloves on the table behind her. Ronald and Sheila have gone to the Alexandra Road to fetch Mr. Tilney and the little folks. Looking at a watch she wears on her wrist. The party starts from this house at quarter-past eleven. Ugh, we're in for a nice display of local excitement. With a motion of his head. There's a crowd outside already. Lady Ball Jennings and Sir Norton enter fussily from the outer hall. Their self-importance is as pronounced as ever, but under it there is a kindlier, if more patronizing, tone. Vicar! Glenn advances, and they shake hands. You've come to say good-bye to our departing friends. Glenn, shaking hands with Sir Norton. Yes. Charming of you, charming. Sir Norton, to Glenn. We have just succeeded in bringing Mr. Dow's down, Vicar. Mrs. Herrick's eyes widen. No slight undertaking, as you may imagine. Dilating his chest. Oof! Oof, indeed. With an air of exhaustion. The servant's staircase has fewer twists than this one, but, oh, the difficulties. The nurses said they'd rather not have assistance make. 
that didn't apply to us dolly norton was invaluable i stood on the top landing and directed the movements i was at the bottom in case of a slip the women had merely to carry mr adows lady ball jennings bustling to the stairs excuse us vicar we are going to hunt through our possessions for some small objects sir norton following her some small objects to bestow on these worthy people lady ball jennings labouring up the stairs as souvenirs sir norton at her heels trifles for them to treasure to the end of their lives lady ball jennings disappearing from sir norton and lady ball jennings sir norton disappearing from sir norton and lady ball jennings they will be able to boast glen after watching lady ball jennings and sir norton till they are out of sight to mrs herrick puzzled a change surely isn't it delightful glen raising his eyebrows what ah i forget you haven't heard my brother-in-law's affairs have unexpectedly taken a favourable turn vicar dear me glad i can't tell you exactly what's occurred i've no head for business rising but margaret and norton are fairly well off again i see nodding where there's good in us prosperity draws it out doesn't it they've fallen in love with a flat in kensington near the albert hall you mean you're losing them too your sister and her husband i'm afraid so almost at once ha ha mrs herrick staring at him in astonishment vicar i beg your pardon mrs herrick listening to the sound of cheering in the distance hark glen also listening tilney and mr and mrs pratt mrs herrick moving to the middle of the room being escorted from their lodgings the cheering is now taken up by those close to the house listen to em the throats of my young parishioners will be pretty sore after this and my heart turning to him you've no idea how lonely we shall feel at marsden lodge vicar rosa and mr tilney especially have become like members of my own family glen rubbing his beard thoughtfully hmm. however it won't be for long as soon as they are all back from bournemouth the weekend visits must be resumed unobserved by mrs herrick glen makes a wry face in fact i don't see why they shouldn't live in this neighbourhood instead of at that dreadful lambeth touching his arm do you and my boy and girl think the same suddenly there is a vociferous volley of cheers and then waterfield laughing breathlessly bursts into the room from the outer hall ha 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 ho 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 doctor waterfield dropping into the chair by the round table as the hullabaloo ceases ha 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 i met tilney and the little uns on the way here and tacked on to em and came in for your share of public acclamation he deserves it 
Tilney enters, pushing Julie and Pratt before him. The three are dressed for traveling, the Pratts very elaborately, as if for a trip round the world. Good morning, Mr. Tilney. Good morning. Julie and Pratt totter excitedly to Mrs. Herrick, who kisses Julie and shakes hands with Pratt. Tilney, having closed the door, also advances. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, Mr. Pratt. Say, are we late? Late? No. We were delaying through Julie busting her blame suspenders. Waterfield, as the Pratts shake hands with Glenn. Ha ha ha. Tilney, who is somewhat grave and preoccupied, pressing Mrs. Herrick's hand and exchanging nods with Glynn. Morning, Vicar. Discovering that Pratt has not removed his cap. Thomas Quincy, where's your cap? I'm ashamed of you. My word, but that guy makes me mad. Enraged at Pratt's want of manners, she pounces upon him and tears the cap from his head. Then they fall against one another helplessly and are separated and steadied by Mrs. Herrick and Glynn. Julie! Julie! Mrs. Pratt? Julie Maud! <laughs> Tilney, to Mrs. Herrick and Glenn, apologetically. Don't notice them, please. They're a bit wrought up at the prospect of the journey. Ho, 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 ho. Doctor! Waterfield. Mrs. Herrick, to Tilney. Aren't Sheila and Ronald with you, Mr. Tilney? No. They've gone out to fetch you. We went first to the parade to buy Julia Vale. Ah, you've missed them. Sympathizing with his disappointment. Never mind. They'll be here in a minute or two. Waterfield, jumping up. Mr. Jimmy downstairs yet? In the morning room. Waterfield, moving to the door on the left and opening it. Let's go and interview him. Yes. To Glenn, as she follows Waterfield. Vicar? Glenn, joining her. Certainly. Mr. Tilney? We'll have a last stroll around the garden, Mrs. Herrick. Tom and Julie and I, if we may. Not the last. At the door. The last for a month or six weeks. Tilney, forcing a smile. Uh, I mean, the last for the present. That's better. She passes into the outer hall, and Glenn and Waterfield follow her, the latter shutting the door. Tilney puts his hat on. He's been carrying it. And, his chin sunk upon his breast, is leading Julie and Pratt to the window when Rosa appears at the top of the stairs with a wan-pinched face. Seeing Tilney, she gives a quick glance round the room and calls to him. Raish? Hello. That you, Rosa? Yes. She descends the stairs rapidly and signs to him to get rid of the Pratts. Tilney, taking Pratt's cap from Julie and cramming it on the little man's head. Run along, both of you. I'll be out in a jiffy. Coming to Rosa as the Pratts disappear into the garden. Well? Rosa, who, like the Pratts, is grotesquely dressed for traveling, gripping Tilney's sleeve. Aviar, Aviar sent it, Raish. The letter? To Cremelli in Frampton. Tilney, nodding. Posted it last night. Accepting the offer? Tilney, with compressed lips. Accepting the offer. They, 
They'd a got it this morning, wouldn't they? Tilney, nodding again. This morning. It... it settled, then? Finally. No wriggling out of it now, is there? No. Not even if we felt inclined. Not even if we felt inclined. The letter's a contract in itself. Her eyes fill and her mouth twitches. What are you grizzling about? We're doing the correct thing. We, 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 damn it, you agreed, Rosa. Yes, I agreed. Oh, but it's jolly hard when you hop against it. Hard? It'd be a great deal harder on this nearsighted confiding lady if we paid her for her kindness by, by... Stamping his foot. Oh, we've worn this smooth. Drop it. They turn from each other and sit, she in the chair by the round table, he on the fauteuil stool, the picture of misery. Rosa, screwing her gloved fist into her eyes, then rubbing her glove on her skirt, with a sniff. When do we sail, Raish? Tilney, tossing his hat on the oblong table. August 3rd, in the Radamanthus. That gives old Jimmy a fortnight at Bournemouth, don't it? A fat fortnight. Rosa, gazing wistfully in front of her. Miss Eric figures we'll be there a month or more. <laughs> and afterward recommence our visits to Marsden Lodge. Leaning his head on his hands and groaning. Oh, I'll write to her before the week's over. Rosa, holding her breath. Right? Telling her of our plans. Why? What's the objection to telling her today, Raish? Telling him all. It's... it's easier to write the news. Raising his head. It'll spare us pain this morning, and it'll take the edge off our goodbyes when we pass through London. Rosa, getting to her feet. Not it. Clenching her hands. Nothing'll take the hedge of the parting between me and Ronald. Going to him. Look here, Raish. For God's sake, let's put them wise now and are done with it. And when we walk out of this house in half an hour's time, let that be the last we see of them, and they of us. I can't bear to have it hanging over me, Raish. Tilney, abruptly, looking at her. Rosa. What? Tilney with sympathetic curiosity. How far have matters gone with you and the boy? Alfer? Has he explicitly... Rosa, nodding. Tuesday evening? Previous to that it merely inted. But on Tuesday evening... We'd been to Crosby's, the chemist's, for Jimmy's medicine, and... Coming home, we sat on the public seat under the big tree at the corner of Helm Tree Lane. There was only two kids there with a bibby in a pram letter, and Ronald bribed them to withdraw. And proceeded to... Rosa, nodding again. Tarst me to be his wife. Tilney makes a mournful gesture. Our engagement was to be kept secret till I got more of what he calls tone to improved meself and me style of speaking and did you rosa shaking her head no 
I said his proposal had overwhelmed me with surprise, which he said was a highly proper answer to make, and that I required a week to consider me decision, and then the kids come back and demanded another two pence, and we rose and left the spot. Tilney, taking her hand. Poor old girl. Poor old girl. And, and, how far have matters gone with you and Sheila, Raish? Tilney, dropping her hand. Rosa, how dare you? How dare I? Tilney, rising and walking away to the left. How dare you be so inquisitive? Rosa, her eyes flashing. Inquisitive? Following him. Yeah, don't mind warming me secrets out of me. Tilney, facing her. Worming? Rosa, her bosom heaving. Sneak, that's what you are. Sneak. Oh, if you're bent on being abusive. Abusive? Who's abusive? Her anger dying out. Ooh. Ooh. With a sob, she goes to him and lays her head upon his breast. He puts an arm round her waist and pats her shoulder soothingly. There, 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 there. Ho, ho, ho. We won't have a return to England, will we, Raish? Never. We'll give England the frozen meat henceforth, won't we? We will. Me for the States for the rest of me life. No more British Isles for yours cordially. Rosa? Yes? Hope we shall have the grit to... To stick to our resolve, old woman. Rosa, looking up. Grit? I... I hope we... Rosa, staring at him. What you mean, hope we... Hope we shan't find ourselves, by and by... Wavering? Wavering. Sighing for the might have been? Sighing for what still might be, until... Until? Until the sound of the water flashing against the dock wall, and the siren of a big liner bound for Liverpool, cry to us irresistibly, lure us from our allegiance to Boscovitz. Rosa, clutching the lapels of his jacket... Gora mighty, that wouldn't do, Raish. No, that wouldn't do, Rosabella. Raish. Hello. I, I got a, I got an idea. Produce it. Why shouldn't me and you fix up together? Fix up? Get married somewhere in the States soon after we land. Tilney, frowning. You and me? It would put a lid on this unfortunate episode in our careers, wouldn't it? Tilney, relaxing into a grin. By Jove, it would, with a vengeance. And deliver us from temptation. And deliver us from temptation. Amen. Rosa, her head drooping. Of course, yet be lowering yourself by marrying me, just as much as Ronald would. You're a gentleman. Now stop that. And there wouldn't be no remnants in it. Tilney, putting his hand under her chin and raising her head. Wouldn't there? Smiling at her. 
I'm not so sure about that, Miss Balmano. Rosa, releasing herself petulantly. How could that be? With a wry mouth. You're too familiar with the sight to me, Raish. Confronting him, her face clearing. But it would have one tremendous advantage anyway. One? We don't command the salary we used to, do we? Indeed we don't. And it would save the price of a room everywhere we went if we both occupied. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we'll talk it over some other time, on board the boat, perhaps. Suddenly they turn their heads towards the window and listen. The garden gate. Rosa goes to the window and looks out. Ronald and Sheila? Use. Hurrying back to Tilney agitatedly. Raish? Tilney, also in a fluster. All right, all right. Have it your own way. Tell him. Tilney, throwing up his arms. Tell him. Rosa retreats to the fireplace as Sheila and Ronald, flushed and breathless, appear outside the window. Sheila, seeing Tilney. He's here, Ron. Entering. The missing man. Ronald, entering. Oh, confound you, Tilney. Sorry. Sorry be blowed. Sheila, advancing to Tilney. Where the devil? Had to go to the parade. Julie'd lost her veil. You might have left word. Never struck me. Rats. Discovering Rosa. Hello, Rosa. Rosa comes forward slowly. Through with your packing? Ages ago. Me box is in the hall. Hall? Sheila, taking off her hat and pushing her hair from her brow. Hall! Rosa, giving Tilney a significant look and then plucking at Ronald's sleeve. Come into the garden with me, will you? With a motion of her head. Thomas Quincy and Julie Maud's there and I... I... Got a bit of news for them. News? And... And for you, too. Me? What's your news, Rosa? Ronald, noticing Rosa's pallor. By jinx, you do look white. Sheila, to Tilney, becoming interested. Bad news of any sort? Bad news? Rosa, turning from him. Oh, just as you choose to take it. She darts away into the garden, pursued by Ronald. Ronald, as they disappear. Rosa! Rosa! What's up, Rosa? Sheila, to Tilney. Something's wrong. Positive of it. I saw Rosa give you a squint. Wrinkling her forehead. Don't be mysterious, Raish. With an effort, he pulls himself together and faces her. Sheila? You remember my mentioning an offer I'd had from a firm of agents in the Strand? Cromelli and Frampton, Maiden Lane, to join Carl Boscovitz's circus in America, beginning in September? Sheila, staring at him. Distinctly. Eighty dollars a week for the five of us, our fares out, and a guarantee of nine months. Bosco to have the option of renewal for three seasons. What of it? Tilney digging his nails into the palms of his hands. Oh, I... I thought it better to... to close with them. 
clothes with them wrote last night we sail on the third of august from liverpool in the radamanthus i i understood you didn't intend didn't intend he makes a vague indefinite gesture and hangs his head there is a short silence during which her face a blank she fingers the flowers in her hat what what has caused you to change your mind can't you can't you guess is it on account of ronald and rosa p -p -p partly yes aren't you attaching too much importance to a to a silly flirtation flirtation sheila tearing one of the flowers to shreds frightfully decent of you of course to be so concerned about my brother but i i don't believe it's serious but you before you've been away a week ronald will have called on rosa and be spoons in another direction tilney coming closer to her and speaking with deep earnestness ah oh, my dear my dear don't let's try to deceive ourselves don't let's be blind to the infernal mess we've gotten into we four sheila avoiding his gaze M mess you know perfectly well that ronald's feeling for rosa is more than mere flirtation and hers for him poor little wretch and you know you know clutching her by the shoulders oh sheila you know that i love you with all my heart and soul yes i do know you're bruising me i do know that is i i fancied fancied sheila panting if you love me raish really and truly you you chuck every other consideration aside and take advantage of your mother's goodness ruin the hopes she sets upon her children tempt you to marry a worthless vagabond connive at ronald's making a fool of himself with rosa impulsively clasping her in his arms by god i can't do it sheila putting her from him i can't do it my girl going to the window and standing there with his back to her and his hands gripped tightly behind him perhaps you're right i don't love you enough for that commanding himself with difficulty no i don't i don't love you enough for that sheila after a moment's pause evidently another pause there's nothing further to be said then afraid not again there is a pause and then she moves slowly toward the stairs sheila halting midway is rosa in this or are you forcing her rosa's a willing party to it she continues her walk and at the foot of the stairs again halts mother mum's has had her fling jolly rough that the happiness of four people should be played skittles with for such mouldy old reasons he makes no reply she dashes away a tear and turns to him in frank appeal Raish. hello sheila advancing a step or two won't anything induce you to off it off it your rotten arrangement with pumeli and what's their beastly names 
Tilney, shaking his head. Can't, can't be done. Not if I ask you, beg you to stay? Tilney, his hands quivering. Not if you went down on your knees, Sheila. Oh! At the foot of the stairs again, drawing herself to her full height. Thanks awfully. Her mouth askew. I wish you had slapped my face, Raish. It wouldn't have hurt so much. She is about to ascend the stairs when Lady Ball Jennings and Sir Norton appear at the top. Lady Ball Jennings is carrying a little basket. Lady Ball Jennings, seeing Tilney. Ah, there's Mr. Tilney. Coming down the stairs with Sir Norton, to Sheila, who draws back to allow them to pass. Your uncle and I are distributing gifts, Sheila. To our friends who are leaving us. Lady Ball Jennings, in the middle of the room, rummaging in her basket. I think we have been fortunate in our selection. To Sheila, hearing the creak of her steps upon the stairs. Won't you stop and witness the pretty ceremony? Sheila, stealing away. Headaches, aunt. Touch a son. Lady Ball Jennings, as Sheila vanishes. Odd girl. Unsympathetic. Unimaginative. To Tilney, who has turned from the window. Mr. Tilney. Presenting Tilney, who advances to receive it, with an ancient penknife. Knife. Carried by myself for many years. Lady Ball Jennings, beaming upon Tilney. In his waistcoat pocket. Sir Norton pointing to the knife which Tilney is handling respectfully. You can have the broken blade replaced at any time. At a very small cost. Tilney, bowing profoundly. Lady Ball Jennings. Sir Norton. Lady Ball Jennings, with a wave of her hand. Not at all. Only too pleased. Tilney, slipping the knife into his pocket. I can't, I, I can't adequately. Where are the others? Julie and Tom are in the garden with Rosa. Lady Ball Jennings, producing a shabby pipe case from her basket. Ah, then we'll take Mr. Eddowes next. To Tilney. You had better come with us. Sir Norton, stalking to the door on the left. Yes, yes, he may break down and weep. Lady Ball Jennings, showing Tilney an old blackened pipe. A pipe for him. Sir Norton, opening the door. One of Dunhill's choicest briars. Lady Ball Jennings, joining Sir Norton. Smoked by Sir Norton continuously. Sir Norton, following her into the outer hall. Until I had my first attack of quinsy. Lady Ball Jennings, out of sight. The stem is loose, but that can be easily repaired. Tilney has picked up his hat and is going after them when Ronald, his head bare and his hair ruffled and looking altogether very upset, enters at the window. Presently Rosa also appears and comes quickly into the room. Tilney! Hello? Ronald, advancing with a slightly reeling gait. What's the meaning of this? It isn't true. Rosa at his elbow, piteously. Ron! Ron! 
It's a joke, isn't it? You, 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 you're spoofing me. Joke? Ronald, a lump in his throat. America, Boschkovich's Shirkish, Russia. Tilney, moving to the door. No, it's no joke, old chap. Disappearing. I'm just going to tell your dear mother. Wait a minute. Tilney, till... Rosa, clasping her hands. Oh, oh, don't take it like this, Ron. Don't take it like this. Ron! What's happened? What's happened? Oh, ush! Ronald, stamping about the room. Something's happened that's been kept from me. Rosa, running to the door which Tilney has left open and shutting it. You'll be hurt. Ronald, on the right, waving his arms. I don't care who hears me. It's a conspiracy, a foul conspiracy. Rosa, returning to him. No, it ain't. Ronald, halting and confronting her accusingly. Going to tell my dear mother, humbug. Mum's has found out. No, she hasn't. Aunt Meg or Uncle Norton, then, or the Rev? No, nor them neither. It's all racious in my doing. Yours? Ours and no one else's. Our consciences is smiting us. We've behaved bad, me and Raish, and we're bolting for to avoid the consequences. Behaved badly? Ain't fallen in love with you and Sheila, and suffering you and Sheila to fall in love with us, behaving badly? Seizing his hands and holding them to her breast. Oh, dearie, can't you? Can't you see? Ronald, scowling horribly. My sister's infatuation for Tilney is asinine, of course, but she's fickle. She's jilted heaps of men. Rosa, flinging his hands away from her angrily. Asinine, is it? Well, so's your infatuation for me. That's asinine. And we're a nipping of it in the bud. As I've told you, we sail from Liverpool on the 3rd of August in the Ready Manthas, and open with that bald-headed old tough Bosco at Los Angeles 1st of September, according their program. Raising her fists to heaven as she turns away. And no power on earth, oh gosh, earth, no power on earth stops us. For how long? He's got a option on us, Bosco as for three years from the hand of next season. Seems to me we're his property till the day of judgment, while the old sinner. Ronald, sinking onto the fauteuil stool, the lump in his throat again. Oh, oh, Russia. Rosa, gazing into space. Yes, after rolling in the lap of luxury, Back we got our dirty little side-show to the blindin' lights and the stiflin' eat and the ear-splittin' band and the stink of the animals. After sleepin' nights in surf-clean beds and takin' our heaves during the day, back we go to the everlastin' trek. <sighs> and may the Lord ave mercy on our souls. There is a short silence, and then, startled by a sound resembling a sob, she turns sharply to find that Ronald, who has not been heeding her, has covered his face with his hands and that his shoulders are heaving. 
she hurries to him in consternation. Oh, 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 don't, Ron. You're not crying, are you? Oh, you're not crying? Pressing his head against her skirt. Oh, my darling boy, my darling. Stroking his hair tenderly. Why, what the hell are you whining for? Swallowing her tears. You'll soon fill my place in your art, and with a more eligible girl than me. Ronald, freeing his head from her caress, and sitting upright and blinking at her. Miss Balmano. She retreats a step, her jaw falling. He gets to his feet. Miss Balmano. What? Miss Balmano. Don't think I regret the decision you have arrived at to scorn my affections and to resume the miserable vocation from which I desired to rescue you. Blowing his nose. On the contrary, I'm extremely obliged to you. Obliged? For reading me a useful lesson. Bowing. A lesson which I assure you I shall not forget. What you mean, lesson? Fill your place. Ha, <laughs> ha, not me. From this moment I'll have done with the female sex. An ungrateful, treasonous, double-faced... A motor horn hoots several times, accompanied by another with a deeper note, and the cheering of those assembled outside is renewed. Rosa and Ronald start and listen. Rosa, as the cheers abate... We were fetched. Ronald turns from her slowly and, with his head bent, goes to the fireplace. She utters a little gasp and follows him. Oh! Holding out her hand. Here. Won't you, won't you shake? Ronald, giving her his hand and endeavoring to keep up his severe tone. Pleasure. Accept my best wishes for your future, Miss Balmano. Deshay, my sister, will be glad to receive her letter or postcard occasionally. I... Suddenly relenting and opening his arms to embrace her. Oh, Russia! Rosa, shrinking. No! He is checked by the entrance of Julie and Pratt at the window, and Lady Ball Jennings and Sir Norton from the outer hall. The Pratts are in a blaze of excitement. Julie dragging Pratt after her. The sherry bang! I am the ox-cart for Jimmy. Lady Ball Jennings, advancing with Sir Norton. Here are Mr. and Mrs. Pratt. And Miss Balmano. Julie, staggering to Lady Ball Jennings and hanging on to her. Say, have you heard? Lady Ball Jennings, supporting Julie. Oh, pray, be careful. Sir, her ladyship's gown. We are returning to the States almost immediately. Lady Ball Jennings, dipping into her basket. Yes, yes. Pratt, puffing out his chest. We reappear in America in the fall. Sir Norton, grandly. Mr. and Mrs. Pratt, it is our wish that you should not leave Mole Park without receiving from Lady Ball Jennings and myself. Julie, 
wagging her head. The American public can't contrive to get along without us. Lady Bull Jennings, testily. Ch-ch-ch. Exhibiting a couple of faded photographs in dilapidated frames. Before you leave this morning, Sir Norton and I... Pratt, strutting about and spouting. And the star-spangled banner, oh, long may it wave. Lady Bull Jennings to Julie. Make him be quiet. A Lady Bull Jennings and I... Or the, the land of, of the free, free and, and the, the home of the brave. Lady Bull Jennings ruffled. Mr. and Mrs. Pratt. Miss Balmano. Rosa, coming forward on the right and collaring the Pratts. Hi, Julie Maud, Thomas Quincy. Straightening them. Conduct yourselves. Lady Bull Jennings giving one of the photographs to Julie. Mrs. Pratt. To Pratt. Mr. Pratt. Rosa pushes him to the front, and he has given the other photograph. Those are to decorate your lodging in whatever part of the globe you happen to be. And to remind you that you have met and been spoken to by Sir Norton and Lady Ball Jennings. Julie viewing her gift with wide-open eyes. Ma! Lady Ball Jennings, smiling benignly upon the little people. Photographs of Sir Norton and myself at a fancy dress ball at the Guildhall. I as Mercutio. A character from his favourite Shakespeare. Lady Ball Jennings as Trilby. Taken in 97. To Sir Norton, archly. My tootsies are unchanged. Rosa, prompting Julie. Julie, thanks. Julie, spellbound by the photograph she is examining. Thanks. Rosa, jogging Pratt. Thomas Quincy. Pratt, like Julie, agape at the photograph in his hand. <laughs> Stupid little fellow to rosa with some asperity miss balmano rosa advances and is presented with a seashell picked up on the beach at worthing a few summers ago by sir norton belonging to the branch of the molluscoid family called brachiopoda the local newsagent informed me stuffed with sawdust they make admirable pincushions rosa regarding the shell with very faint interest. Thanks. Julie, sheltered behind Rosa, having exchanged photographs with Pratt. Jay! <laughs> Julie to Pratt. If old man Boscovich could just get him over to the other side. Lady Bull Jennings, hearing imperfectly. Uh. Rosa, hurrying the Pratts to the fireplace. Ear. Lady Bull Jennings moving to the right with Sir Norton, eyeing the Pratts through her glasses suspiciously. What was that? Seeing Sheila. Ah, Sheila. Sheila, composed but somewhat pale, has come down the stairs softly and has been joined by Ronald. Mrs. Herrick now enters from the outer hall, followed by Tilney. A little later, Glenn strolls in and stands looking into the outer hall at a short distance from the open door. 
Mrs. Herrick, going to Sheila and Ronald with a grieved expression. Oh, my dear children, what sad news! You know... Yes, mum. Ronald, throwing himself into the chair behind the oblong table with a great air of unconcern. Oh, yes, we know. Ronald! Sheila, how can you be so indifferent? Coming to Tilney, who was standing by the settee and laying her hand upon his arm. And you're quite, quite determined? Tilney, nodding. Quite. You'd rather go down to Liverpool without having seen us again? Ah, uh, Mrs. Herrick. Mrs. Herrick, to Sheila and Ronald, producing her handkerchief. Sheila, darling. Ronnie, this is to be farewell. Sheila, turning away and joining the group at the fireplace. Oh, much better, Mumkin. Ronald, glaring at the litter on the table. Yes, what's the use of keeping on saying goodbye? Lady Ball Jennings, who has seated herself upon the footstool. stool. Very sensible. To Mrs. Herrick. Norton and I have given our presents, Dorothy. Sir Norton, also seated, in the chair at the nearer side of the window. Anything else, in my opinion, would be an anticlimax. A subdued, sympathetic burst of cheering is heard. Mrs. Herrick, impulsively moving toward the door, her hand to her heart. Oh! Lady Ball Jennings, listening, undisturbed. Poor Mr. Eddowes. Carrying him out. Glenn, restraining Mrs. Herrick. Don't worry. Do as you're bid. Waterfield and the nurses are managing it. Lady Ball Jennings to Mrs. Herrick. Dolly, when will you learn to control your nerves? Mrs. Herrick, wiping her eyes, sits in the chair on the left of the oblong table, and Glenn joins Tilney. Lifting the sick is entirely a matter of knack. Knack, simply. You either have it or you haven't it. When I dropped Norton after his rheumatic fever, I hadn't it. No, Margaret, you certainly had not. Rosa, who has crammed her shell into a travelling bag slung at her side and has slowly approached Mrs. Herrick. Mrs. Eric... Mrs. Herrick, taking her hand. Oh, my dear. I want to say... I want to say... Yes, Rosa? Thanks. Mrs. Herrick, drawing Rosa's face down and kissing her. Thank you, child. And... and... and all of you. Wiping her eyes again. I... I... I am sure it has been delightful. Rosa tugging at Glenn's coat as Ronald rises sullenly and slouches to the window. Vicar? Vicar? Glenn, who is talking to Tilney, turning to her. Hey? I... I want to say... I want to say... Out with it. Rosa, hanging her head. I ain't no church-goer. Told ye so. But if Jimmy's heather took ill again... Promise yer I shall try to get old if another clergyman. Glynn, placing his hands upon her shoulders. Ha ha. Lady Ball Jennings to Glynn, 
swelling with a sense of her own worthiness. Ah, ah, I can never be sufficiently grateful, Vicar, that Sir Norton and I were at hand on that eventful evening to back up your appeal to the deity. Sir Norton, putting his fingertips together. Most fortunate, most fortunate. Glenn, as Rosa turns away, to be joined at the foot of the stairs by Sheila, who kisses and embraces her, to Lady Ball Jennings. Ah, yes, that was a piece of good luck, Lady Ball Jennings. The Pratts, their photographs tucked under their arms, have now come forward. Julie, suddenly confronting Mrs. Herrick. Mrs. Herrick! Ah, Julie! Julie, offering her hand. Put it right there. Mrs. Herrick obeys. Now don't you believe I am handing you any hot air? I, I won't. Julie, measuring her words. Mrs. Herrick, of all the women I have encountered in my life, you are the real Peruvian donut. She throws her arms around Mrs. Herrick and kisses her vigorously on both cheeks. Glynn and Tilney laugh and applaud. Hear, hear. Ha, 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 Good gracious. Great heavens. Julie, catching hold of Pratt, who is at her elbow, and swinging him toward Mrs. Herrick. Thomas Quincy? Pratt, his brain failing him again. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Tom. I have the honor of returning thanks for the truly magnificent reception you have accorded us during our visit to your important city. Get off your foot, you boob. And I beg leave to stay it. Julie, grabbing him by the collar. No streets will ever be named after you. Tilney, hurrying to them. Julie Maud. Rosa, seizing the Pratts and dragging them to the door. Ear. Pratt, stubbornly. Hail Columbia, happy land. At the door, they almost come into collision with Waterfield, who is entering briskly. Mrs. Herrick rises. Waterfield, to Rosa. Hello, hello, hello. Advancing as Rosa and the Prats disappear, rubbing his hands. Ha, ha, ha. Got him in, in first-rate style. Those women are wonderful. Lady Ball Jennings, rising and moving to Sir Norton, displeased. More like men than women. No feminality. Waterfield, looking at his watch. Past eleven. To Tilney. Better be off. Mrs. Herrick, taking Tilney's hand as Glynn goes to the door, in a flutter. There's a nosegay for each of you. Glancing towards the outer hall. Out there. Tearfully. I helped Roberts to pick them. Ch -ch -ch -ch. Sir Norton, rising. Why encumber them with flowers? Mrs. Herrick, I... I... Mrs. Herrick, pressing his hand to her bosom. My dear, I'm a mother, and growing an old lady, I make no excuse. Kissing him. God bless you. Tilney, folding her in his arms for a moment, to the amazement of Sir Norton and Lady Ball Jennings. 
Ah. Sheila, coming swiftly to Tilney, on his other side. Mr. Tilney? Tilney, releasing Mrs. Herrick and turning to Sheila. Yes, miss? In confusion. Oh. Sheila, making a half-sorrowful, half-reproachful moo at him. Oh. I... I beg your pardon, Miss Sheila. Sheila, holding out her hands, which he accepts, and looking into his eyes steadily and sweetly. To keep my mother in countenance. Brushing his cheek with her lips. God bless and prosper you. Lady Ball Jennings, with a snort. <laughs> well. <laughs> Wish I was going to America. There is another burst of cheering, loud, uproarious, as Sheila wrinkles her nose at Waterfield. Glenn, going out quickly. Those little imps. Waterfield, following him. What are they up to now? Tilney also hurries out, accompanied by Mrs. Herrick. Mrs. Herrick, at the door. Sheila! Ronald! Aren't you coming? No thanks, Mums. Sauntering to the oblong table as the cheering slackens. Finished with my goodbyes. Ronald, still at the window, with his back to the room. Same here. Mrs. Herrick, vanishing. Oh! Lady Ball Jennings, moving towards the door, to Sir Norton. Norton. We have not been asked, Margaret. No, but I think it's your duty just to show yourself to the crowd. Bow to them. With a dignified inclination of his head, he joins her. Noblesse oblige. After all, we are the only titles in the park. They two disappear, Sir Norton closing the door, and immediately Sheila's manner alters, and a magazine she has picked up falls from her hand. Sheila, going to the staircase droopingly, struggling to repress her tears. Oh, oh, I'm glad they've gone. Ascending the stairs. I'm glad they've gone. Ronald, whimpering. So am I. So am I. Sheila, suddenly halting and drawing herself erect. Yes, but I'm glad they came. With a firm bearing, she continues her ascent. As she passes out of sight, Ronald creeps away into the garden. Then, when the room is empty, the cheering breaks out afresh. End of Act Three End of The Freaks, An Idol of Suburbia, by Arthur Wing Pinero.